five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcast to do with the Bank of the Titans and Toronto Define. I'm Chris at Lightforce, the broken tech support guy who broke our darn website. Go to ReadySetPome.com, you learn that the cake is a lie. Joined virtually, as always, by Omni at Omni Strike. Welcome, Omni. Hello, hello. Yeah, good to be here. Who knows how much more OWL we're going to have, so yeah, we got to cherish those moments. It was a fun weekend. It was, okay, I, I didn't watch a whole lot. I mean, we talked about this last show. Yeah. I'm in the midst of a move, and it was difficult um, to actually watch because I had unplugged everything. Did you <laughs> watch the finals at least? No. That okay, I could That was a good one. I, I got I know. the full notes. I'll, I'll walk you through it. I'll walk you'll, you through You'll carry me. Yeah, <laughs> you'll carry me, as you normally do. But uh, I'll try. I um, obviously trying to get things packed up purged removed and so i was unplugging things moving things around um and then uh that big big pit outside with stuff burning pretty much is a pretty much and uh in a in a very controlled event because obviously i don't want to set the, the entire city on fire um and then i had the bright idea that i should move our host provider for for rsp and uh yeah you know i <laughs> suffice <laughs> to say i didn't really plan this this all that well, all this stuff happening. Um, I hope to have our site back up um, soon. But right now, if you go there, it says the cake is a lie. It's a white page. Um, that was just what I needed to create. So I knew that the the propagation of the the name servers had been done. Um, but see, the smart guy would have backed everything up before making the switch. <clears throat> uh, I don't know hmm. if there will be any updates. Let's see. Yeah, nah. But we'll uh, we'll figure that out uh, when we get there. Um, other big news is I'm not going to be here next week, Omni. Hmm. You want to do wrong? this as a as a one man show? Uh, I mean, I could, but you know, we might just lose uh, all of our listeners and uh, call that. And then you'll man. blame me. At least if it happens after I have like a co host, I can share the blame. You know, that's true. So, so you don't want to do one man ready set poem? I, that was always the plan, but you know, I got used to it to being mm. like at least a two man show. Okay. Well, um, instead of being one uh, man, ready set pwn, why don't we uh, partner <laughs> with uh, one man watch point? We'll get sir. Dr. JM, uh, uh, lined up. He's, he's going to join you and, awesome. and the two of you are, are going to make some, uh, overwatch league magic, uh, together podcasting. In fact, Jordan, uh, doc, sir, Dr. JM, he's going to be here for uh, two shows, uh, next episode and any episode after, um, and when I rejoin the show, I'll have been uh, hopefully settled and moved into my new place mm-hmm. uh, and able to watch uh, Overwatch League uh, Grand Finals. Actually, well, no, I guess doing the math here, that'd be playoffs because we've got the play ends, then we got the playoffs, and then we have the Grand Finals. So, anyhow, uh, all that and more, we're going to talk about that. Uh, uh, so let's uh, let's just start moving along. Let's uh, push this payload. Moving the payload. Join me. Oh man. Blizzard's just like, I mean, I've gotten to the point where I genuinely wonder um, if there's an end game 
for, for Blizzard right now. Um, for those that aren't aware, um, which I can't imagine you, you would be at this point, they are, are currently being sued by the state of California uh, for essentially some abhorrent business practices. Now, yes, they have every right to have their day in court to, to prove themselves as not being guilty of any of these infractions. Uh, but uh, you would think that while you are under investigation and currently being sued by the state of California, that you wouldn't go about shredding information. Now, this is an allegation that's been made. But what's interesting is that uh, Blizzard had responded uh, to a number of sort of outlets, one being Kotaku, as to this expansion of the lawsuit. So the state of California has expanded to include uh, temporary employees as well as uh, mm. existing employees. I'm uh, sure the they, situation there is not better. Yeah. Um, but then it, they also acknowledge this allegation of, of the HR team shredding documents by saying, throughout our engagement with the DFEH, uh, we have complied with every proper request and support of its review, even as we had been implementing reforms to ensure our workplaces are welcoming and safe for every employee. So there's a, there's an interesting word there or series of words, every proper request. So that leads me to believe that Blizzard or Activision Blizzard is dealing with requests. It deems not to be proper from uh, the, the state of California um, department of fair employee and housing. Um, but the other part is how they're saying that uh, they've, they've not shredded evidence vital to the case. Well, this is the other thing. <laughs> Why would they shred anything not related to the case? Right? Like it's, it's so, no, no, we haven't shredded anything vital to the case. Well, who's, who's the one who's determined whether it's vital or not? And I saw someone and I wish, Oops, I wish it's I, gone now. We, we can never know if it was white or vital. Yeah, like, They're like, oh, we shredded something that was entirely unrelated and not vital to the case. Don't worry about it. Yeah. There was someone who tweeted this, that it, it's simple math. Um, if they're fine for shredding documents that fine may be lower than what that those documents could have ended up uh, costing them sort of long-term, whether it be through civil suits, what have you like, it's uh, the fact that it, you know, a business decision could be made to go and reduce the amount of, of, of money that you're going to be hit because of that. I mean, again, it's, that's an allegation. We're not, we're not making the claims that this is the case, but I'm sorry. It, it, it is just, it's almost a circus. It's laughable. Like, I, how is this continuing to be a problem? Yeah, that's what happens when you're like a multi-billion conglomerate or whatever. You're that's what leads kind of to this kind of behavior where you you feel like you're untouchable, unfortunately, and hopefully the wheels of justice will uh, spin. Yeah. I'd rather it go faster, but but even if it's slow, they they need to do their job and and get to the bottom of this. Yeah. The uh, other thing that's happening in uh, regards to Activision Blizzard is the fact that a another lawsuit has been uh, filed uh, to represent aggrieved shareholders. Now, hmm. these lawsuits, the two, did I you file are, it? No, I did not. I I do not hold shares of Activision Blizzard. Um, I'm I'm. I'm not as invested in simply because they feel to me it's the, uh, and this is sort of the litigious nature of the United States. Um, I'm aggrieved, therefore I'm going to sue. And I understand that there could be a very legal basis that uh, shareholders could have to say Activision Blizzard must let them because they were being investigated quite seriously and that the boilerplate of, oh, there's nothing too big 
So therefore, we don't have to disclose any of this to you. I mean, okay, fair. But it feels very much like um, we see the, in especially in the United States, where uh, something happens to your health and you see the commercial on TV. If you took such and such and you were suffering from such and such, call Dewey Dewey and how. Yeah. That's what this sort of feels like. I am more concerned about the treatment of the employees at ADVI. Agreed. Anyhow, it's, you know, every week something new comes to light and every week it's just like, oh my goodness, is this ever going to stop? Normally, I mean, we would sort of save this other bit for for the fray. Um, It may or may be tied to what's going on in regards to the restructuring. I do not know. Um, but if you recall, way, 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 way back, like it was December, maybe even a little bit later than that. Um, actually, no, I think it would have been a start year. So maybe around like April, uh, we had talked about how, uh, call of duty had a, essentially a, a commissioner who was taking over the sort of overwatch league on their duties. Um, and, uh, um, Joanna Ferries was her name. Um, she sort of was covering both, but from, what I was reading, it sounds like her focus has been more Call of Duty League, which I think if you compare to the Overwatch League has probably had a more successful season. Uh, they just had their finals uh, this past weekend. Um, and as far as sort of the, the franchise format as they have is a little bit different. But uh, she has now uh, moved into Call of Duty sort of as a game more than just uh, esports. And as a result, um, a very quiet uh, sort of realignment uh, took place in uh, in the world of sort of esports at uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, Brandon Snow has been promoted to head of uh, Activision Blizzard esports. This actually apparently happened in July, and he is now going to take charge of the Call of Duty League and Overwatch League. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I have no ideas to sort of why this shift is happening. It could be that just with the the launch of the new Call of Duty title Vanguard, um, which uh, is you know looking decent based on what little I've seen of it. Um, Shima could be just heading the the title. Um, but I mean, it, ultimately um, this, this adjustment impacts overwatch league as we, we might know, but we don't know to what extent. Yeah. It seems like Activision is uh, really set on putting all of its resources into this one basket. Mind you, it's a huge basket in call of duty, but I don't know if it bodes well to, you know, the, 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 the tangent products. Yeah. A few other notes on, on the call of duty league. Um, the Toronto ultra, uh, found themselves, unfortunately on the the short end of the second final, uh, coming in second, they put up a hell of a season, um, very competitive throughout. And ultimately I believe they lost, uh, it was to phase clan and I don't follow the league, uh, well enough to, to know if I'm actually correct here. I was watching a little bit of the action this weekend. Um, just because it happened to be, uh, uh, on and then unfortunately Overwatch League was at night when I was doing most of my work. Um, but I couldn't, I can't keep up. Call of Duty is just a too far of a frenetic game for me to, to really focus on that sort of PVP style. Yeah. Like as a player or as a viewer? Both. Like, yeah. you know, I, and I, I'm not, I've never been like, when I think of like CSGO as a viewer, I'm like, ah, it's, it's I, I get it. You know, it, it's quick. Um, these are really good players. It's just, it's, it's hard for me to sort of yeah. see the action. 
I, I, I was meaning to give it a, a, you know, a try as a viewer when the Call of Duty League was announced, but then like the console orientation there pushed me off a little bit. I, I, I wasn't as interested after that. Well, and that, okay. Uh, console PC. Sure. There's an argument there, but, um, I, I just feel from a, a viewing perspective, it's just tough. Maybe it's cause I'm an old man. I just can't keep up, mm-hmm. but, uh, overwatch league is more my style. Um, because you know, the game and play it. Well, that too. I think, cause, cause oh, a lot of people well, I, other way, like, Oh, so many things going around and all these I do things. play COD. I just like, when I play, it's hard for me to keep up yeah. these kids. They're just too quick. <laughs> Uh, it's one of the reasons why I actually kind of like the Warzone format because there was more space. I was able to play a slower game um, mm-hmm. as it's more conducive to my game style. It's one of the reasons why I'm I'm into Battlefield is the large map. It allows me as a slower game player to you know play that way. Call of Duty is just not about slow gameplay. Right. That's not a knock against the game. It's just a Chris a Chris thing. Um, but yeah, you know, Toronto Ultra did very well. Um, they're uh, they're owned by Overacta Media, parent company of the Toronto Defiant, which is why we bring it up. You might be asking, oh, well, do the Vancouver Titans have a, a, a sibling franchise? They do. The Seattle Surge didn't finish last in the league, but finished pretty darn close to the bottom. <laughs> they released their entire team, including their coach, uh, during the finals weekend, which I get it. You know, the Surge were done. I might have waited until it was over, but hey, maybe you're wanting to hide the news. Yeah, the, I can see some relation to that other franchise they run, but they got like the surge got blasted. They got blasted by these players. Octane, who was the one player held over from last year. Cause they, they did the same thing. They sort of reset after last year. Oh man. He lit them up, put them on blast. He's been very vocal. Um, former, uh, staff members have been very vocal about the surge and I don't know anyone on the surge Seattle surge end. I, I would imagine they have, maybe sharing desks or what have you with the Vancouver Titans side, but um, Canuck sports entertainment or whomever the heck is currently in charge of these esports franchises needs to truly sit down and figure out how they're going to approach esports in a way that doesn't piss their players off. So yeah, maybe they can give a call out East and talk to overactive who seems to, to know what they're doing. If they Anything. want it, if they cared, they, would have done it better, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not naive to think that it maybe it's just a matter of you you have to re- hit the reset button and start fresh. And it could be that with the Vancouver Titans side, they've started that sort of. But it, it's not a good look when you're in esports and none of your professional franchises are doing well. The surge actually started to perform. Apparently, they were pretty good in the hard point mode. Um, uh, when they moved back into LAN as opposed to online, but yeah, uh, go listen to, uh, the CA esports uh, crew. They, they, I think they cover mostly the ultra, uh, but, uh, Spencer and, um, gosh, now I can't, uh, remember the other name, uh, but I mean, they, they, they provide, uh, uh, great work. Speaking of the Titans and the Defiant, though, what's been going on? Well, not a whole lot. Obviously, the Defiant are, are you know taking their time, getting ready for for play-ins, which will uh, kick off not this weekend, the weekend after. Uh, but uh, they released a video of uh, a uh, 
sort of facility tour that they provided their discord mods logics showed them around um they watched uh, the some matches the defiant uh, gave their discord mods like personalized hoodies which looked quite sweet quite frankly Very cool i i just to me that speaks so highly that they they recognize that their their mods, which are their unpaid positions, it's just community members that step up, help facilitate the conversation, um, keep Defiant Chord uh, relatively peaceful. And I say that because my personal opinion is it's very cliquey there, and there are some who are given more latitude than others, but you know, to each their own. Uh, but the Defiant recognize this. They recognize their community mods and, and, and get, you know, something as small as a tour and sort of like merch that's personalized, I think speaks highly of, of a franchise that cares for the people who help them succeed in all corners of the operation. So, you know, I want to give them some love for that. Mm-hmm. I'm also jealous. I'd yeah, love that, to see I think it all comes down to this. <laughs> yeah. I am, but no, like, did you, I don't know. Did you see the video, the, the facility tour? I saw some of it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it's a cool place. It looks I, good. Right. And I'm, if, and when we're able to travel again, I mean, we could, but right now, maybe not the, the best. I, I do plan on some point getting out to Toronto. It's my day jobs head office too. So there could be a, an actual work reason for me to go there and I can tie in a, check out a, a Overactive Media Central, but um, I'd just love to see it. I mean, I'd also love to see what the Vancouver Titans have started to put together. I haven't seen a tour of the Titans facility, but uh, it would be neat to compare sort of the yep. two spaces. I agree. I'll, uh, I'll be happy to join. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Vancouver Titans community, they are having a community tournament. Um, I'd love to have given you a whole lot more notice, but uh, they don't talk to us anymore. Uh, if you haven't already seen this on social, uh, this Friday, 5 PM Pacific, uh, they are holding their discord cup, a mini overwatch tourney led by their mods casted by, uh, by Justin, their, uh, their GM director of operations or whatever the position he is. Um, the registrations will already be open. So I'm sorry you're, you're hearing about this now, if you happen to miss it on, on social, it only got announced today, like this afternoon, which is kind of weird, but the other part here, there's only four teams. So if there's only four teams and I'm going to presume each team is captained by a, a discord mod, that doesn't leave a whole lot of people an opportunity to take part. Like it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, I, I'm not. I love that they're doing something with the community. Um, I wish they had done this much sooner in the season. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, you know, check it out. I don't know many more details than that. Um, there's apparently a prize pool. No idea what the prizes are. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. It'll be streamed. It's control maps only. Wow. So, that's a weird one. Eh, I, I'm not going to knock it. No, of course this not. It's is just like I'd never heard of this before. That like there's just one uh, type of uh, map. Yeah, it was, you know, well, you know, the Defiant have done sort of their their hero gauntlet mm-hmm. uh, attorneys. They just recently had one, uh, so you know, it's 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 cool. Like I I, I like this. How um, come we weren't invited? Are they afraid to play against Team RSP? Oh, either that or they don't like us, <laughs> or both. <laughs> Probably both. Like, let's be real. I mean, 
uh, it's gotten to the point now that I don't even bother sending in like, Oh, I do. I reach out to the organization knowing I won't get a reply. And so when we interviewed Justin, I simply reached out to Justin directly. Hey, can you join us for a show? Mm-hmm. At least with the defiant, I did have contact with them. Maybe not as uh, much as we used to, which is interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, is what it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's it going on in the world of the Titans and the defiant. Uh, lots more, obviously defiant have their contests running. Um but uh, they always have contests, right? It's kind of the point where just know the Defiant are always giving things away and looking for ways to embrace their community. Know that the Titans are always looking for ways to get you to hit one of their sponsors. They're both doing activations. It's just one of the two teams seems to be more willing to reward you for being involved in the activation, whereas the other one is just looking at you to activate. So, mm-hmm. You can figure out which is which. Uh, we'll take ourselves a short break here uh, before we dive into uh, the fray. told you I, I didn't see much of the uh the action this weekend i, I followed along a little bit it's this the problem uh, during the week is my wife gets home from work and we're then packing doing yeah. things um i'm not sort of in a space that i can watch the overwatch league action and then on the weekend we're essentially the non-stop packing going to home depot buying more boxes throwing things <laughs> out purging yeah i get um, it so how, it was, how did it your was bracket tough. do? Um, so not so hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in in fairness, I, I so I mean, where do things go wrong? Things went wrong uh, for me when when ultimately Chengdu, uh, Chengdu, <laughs> for me as well. I never anticipated their uh, assertion or or dominance. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, you know, because what did, I think if I recall, I want to say you had Seoul getting past Atlanta, right? Well, yeah, like the top, the top of the bracket, I did well. Like both games, I guessed who's going to win. Okay. All the way to the finals, actually. But the elimination round, obviously, I didn't get nothing. And uh, yeah. since I, 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 you know, I did not predict uh, the Hunters beating Dynasty. And that's where I didn't get any points. But other than that, like I put all my money on the gladiators, you know how they always said that they never win anything and they never, you know, um, clutch it out, but I'm happy that they did this time. And, uh, does, yeah, does this mean that you have to retire the satiators? Uh, for now. Yeah, for sure. They're, uh, the gladiators again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it was interesting to see how, uh, these two teams, like I, I'm not going to go through obviously the entire bracket with, with, the uh, analysis, but, uh, there are some um, nice contrasts because these two teams, they already met each other at the start, right? And Gladiators are probably the only reason why Chengdu went into the loser's bracket to begin with. And even that was a very, very close match. Like, a lot of the maps could go either way. And, and mm-hmm. once the, the, you know, the stage was set for the finals, it was uh, 
I knew that it's going to be a, a, a great game. But before we go into that grand finals game, like, I think Atlanta played really well and uh, they've proven themselves to be like a contender, at least now. I don't know what's going to be, what's going to go when like the, the pools are uh, reset again, but they were good the past round as well. I was very impressed with how um, Pelican played. I was very impressed. And on ping, great players, yeah, great, oh, yeah. That's that's uh, especially hard when you're playing DPS. I mean, when you're like swinging a hammer or doing like diva stuff, maybe it's not as impressive. But on ping, well, that's kind of nuts. And for those, again, we didn't talk about it in the last episode. The, the information sort of came late. Uh, Pelican essentially suffered from a, a I think, a pneumothorax. And yeah, the proper the name is, but it's lung. collapsed lung. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And, and so he was taken to the hospital and admitted to, to get that issue resolved. Um, not a doctor here, but having watched enough ER and all the different Chicago's on TV. House um, indeed. Yeah, house. I think to fix it, essentially they 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 poke a hole. Because what happens is um your your lungs require zero pressure and to to function. They essentially, you know, the stretch out and when you inhale, the pressure is yeah. is they, they want to collapse and so once there's air on the outside, they don't expand again. Um, kind of like but air, it airplane uh, windows, right? Yeah. With that hole. Yeah, essentially. Um, but the problem is that, you know, to, to get that fixed, it's not like you want to go into an airplane. Yeah. Uh, that type of pressure creates serious health uh, risks. And so he wasn't able to travel to Hawaii with the rest of his team. Crazy. So while ping is still a problem, it's less ping for those in Hawaii, obviously playing the likes of Seoul and, and, uh, well, Chengdu as well. And in, in, in China, GLADS would have been essentially LAN, although I think they run it on, on semi ping, but he was, he was at home in Atlanta. So you got to consider the other part too. Some of these matches were really late for him. Yeah. I mean, well, I know there's, there's a lot of players who are used to these weird Weird uh, times and you gamers specifically. Work. What can you do? Yeah. But anyhow, um, match one, Atlanta, you know, they, they beat Seoul as we predicted. Yeah. Then also Gladiators beat Hunters as we pre- as I predicted at least. And then yeah. uh, Rain Gladiators was also kind of like a really nice game. I really enjoyed it. But at the end of the day, it was like 3-0 to the Glads and they were uh, on the way to the finals uh, in the eliminations round, who played again? There was uh, Dynasty versus Ch- Chengdu. I thought that Dynasty might win this, but oh boy, Chengdu! Well, <laughs> they're like, really, really it's like they t- getting better. They, I, I, I like the little I saw. They, how am I going to phrase this? Like, it felt very San Francisco shock to me. Yeah, I like think a, t- a, a team that's it, good who's irritated that they were beaten by the gladiators, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think a lot of it comes from you know late young's resurgence that as uh, Elsa left, and suddenly we see late young always putting the work in the off tank role, and and obviously leave just uh, putting you know more credence to uh, all the. Voters in China voting him for MVP. He's just like playing out of his mind on so many heroes. And it, it just clicks. It just clicks. Even uh, the rare Among sighting when he came in to play ball was pretty entertaining. And 
Yeah, for, for the finals, uh, it was just as close. I mean, they started out in Oasis. And, and, and uh, interesting to know that all of the maps that were played in their first round match were selected again in the finals. So in the first match that they had in, in day one of the play uh, of the you know of the bracket, <laughs> Glads were held on like almost outside of spawn, and that was like an easy w- win for Chengdu. Mm-hmm. So uh, oh sorry, that was in uh, Route sixty six. I I got the two confused. But in Oasis, they started in the Oasis. Oasis was close in both uh, instances in both games, and the the fights were close, and. I, the interesting part there, especially like in the university stage, every fight was a retake of the point. So it's kind of like a game in hockey or basketball where the lead always changes. That That's kind of equivalent to that. Uh, but I feel like leaving Gaga and Leitiang really clutched it out at the end. They played really, really well. And they they won Oasis, even though they lost it in their previous game against the Glad. So it looked like, okay, they, they've made some adjustments. They're going to play a bit better. On Anubis later, uh, Chengdu were starting on attack, and somehow Gladiators just chopped off so much time off of their clock, and that's where you don't want to be. I think they just panicked because of the lack of, of time, and Gladiators came you know, with a bang. They, they came back at 1-1, and they, they held them to the point, to the first point, right? And you know, on their attack... They just were able to, after like a, a few uh, pokes, they got the nano on Muse and they uh, won. And it was a 1-1. I think like the game really started after these two maps. Because, you know, Oasis was a control map and control maps can go either way. And Anubis is kind of a wash as well because of the uh, very good hold. And in 1-1, that's where the fun started. In Numbani, uh, Skewed and Kester will get the call out from me for this map. Especially on the attack, on the early attacks, skewed, skewed's uh, um, Brig is so good. It's one of those players that like n- understands what gives this hero so much power. He's actually so, so good that we all forgot that Moth is on that team since they, you know, pulled out. Uh, 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 I was reading in uh, was it Defiant Chord or Titans Chord. But someone had actually commented, like, do you think Moth gets back into action? Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, sure, I mean, obviously we're going to go into the playoffs where it's uh, back to every hero. But it's not, I mean, I guess, okay. It's not certain, I agree. Right, like Lucio, I could see Moth getting in on Lucio. but, But then, yeah, I just... It's just interesting. Like you, you consider, I mean, I need to bring up the San Francisco shock again. The San Francisco shock had a bench that was, would be a feel a competitive overwatch league team. If they really wanted mm-hmm. to, the gladiators are almost in a, a very similar position where they've got a bench that conceivably, uh, are, are, you know, pedigree pieces that they, they can flex in, um, to use the shock as an example, like another name, obviously not involved this weekend, FD God who, you know, he, I think he has a better chance of getting in. And then Moth, I don't know. Yeah. yeah go ahead. I, skewed, he played the Brig, obviously, but then when, when they went for the Fire Mercy comp, he stayed in. And maybe Moth is the better Mercy, I don't know. But, but when you have to have that flexibility, and we see that a lot in the longer maps, sort of like King's mm-hmm. Row and, and, and Havana, where you have these very 
distinctive sanctions to that uh, to the map where you you have to adapt, you have to switch. So maybe when it goes back to like a Lucio, and you gotta have a Lucio. Lucio is one of those heroes. He's kind of like a diva. Once once it's in the meta, it's hard to you know peel him off of your squad. Then we'll probably see him back. But back to that game, right? So they they take the point pretty quick, and uh, um, on defense, like on defense, the fight they fought, the fights they had to fight, they were on two fronts. So while uh, Chengdu got a few picks, uh, Kevster just you know erased the healers for Chengdu, but you know they have the spawn advantage and they got the first point eventually, and the rest of the map feels still like an uphill battle. Muse and Kefster just shut it down pretty well. Uh, they they progress uh, a fair amount of distance, but every time it seems like they have to fight way harder than than Gladiators for it. And, and I feel like Kefster really makes the games much, much easier for, um, for uh, the Glads. He's kind of like a supercharged... Dalton, in a way, it's like no matter what's going on, things are bad, things are good. He'll he'll do his thing, and mm-hmm. and obviously, this is not the Titans we're dealing with. It's still a super stacked team with with space and with with Birdring and Shu and Skewed, who we mentioned before. So it feels like they always have kind of like a hidden advantage, just just sporting uh, Kefster. He's been amazing, really. So it's two one for the Glads on Numbani. And in Route 66, we see uh, Amang. Uh, they put Amang back in. Gaga goes out, which is kind of weird. Maybe it's a different style. They want to try something uh, uh, um, different because Gaga is also, you know, on the on the ball all the time when he, mm-hmm. when he's in. And and this time, this is the map that I talked about uh, from the previous match where gladiators will be, were basically well not fully uh, spawn camped or or held, but they couldn't even get to the second phase of the map. Uh, they adapted and and they had like a good setup for for their win and and I think like the Birdring Sombra and the Kefster Tracer was a very scary one to punch and they didn't try it last time so maybe that's the adjustment uh, that they need to do and Gladiators eventually just get point three in overtime right they push it's a hard fought battle and and like like in Oasis uh, these teams are very very close to one another. Uh, and on defense, Leave takes out the Hanzo and Jin, Jin Won Farah. I really like this composition. Like these two heroes are very close to my heart. I love the projectiles. So when I see the the duo of projectiles, it's it's really really fun. There's a lot of uh, impact from those you know two heroes. You have a lot of damage. You can pick uh, heroes really fast, and and they look good. They push towards one. And then on to point two, and it feels like a downhill for, for the card to roll. But Gladiators, they slow them down at the end of two. Uh, but somehow, eventually, I think there was a good uh, pick there from Late Young, who's uh, just been solid in this entire map. And it's taken. But, you know, there's a cost to these longer extended fights as uh, it, it tends to favor the defense as time rolls mm-hmm. down and, and, and you know, the uh, alt economy is going towards uh, the, the defender's advantage. And the, the cart just stops one meter short and they couldn't, they couldn't get onto cart. And it's 3-1 to the gladiators. And at this point, I'm like, 
okay, it, it looks like it's over for Chengdu. Especially they looked a bit more tired or like it looked like Gladiators just figured them out. And I and I thought that it's gonna be uh, over the next match. But but in uh Ilios, which again it's uh you know it's a control map. Any, anything can happen. I think it's I think it played to their advantage that it was like a control map. And Chengdu comes out and they just dominate a lighthouse, like 100 to 0. No, nothing, like not even close. And then in, in Ruins, it's a little bit of a different story. And they Glads, they, they look better. They, they're setting the pace. But at this point, like late Young and Monk, I think we didn't mention Monk yet, but he's... He's really good, especially when he's playing either, you know, the classical flex support roles, the Zen and the Ana. They are really thriving in, in these types of chaotic maps, and they push back, they come back. Uh, it seems like Glads are going to take the map, but, you know, they, they win the second map too, the the Ruins map, and they, and they won both King of the Hill maps. So they're back into it. It's 3-2, and then now it's King's Row. And you think like, okay, what else can can they do now? And then it looks at the start, it definitely does look like um, the gladiators are just going to come out firing hot. And Birdring picks the Hanzo, and it looks nasty on defense. Like, uh, and obviously Kefster is also nasty on the tracer. <laughs> but that's like saying space is good on Diva. You don't really have to mention it at this point. And and it looked like they're gonna hold a little bit, but Chengdu they push through. Uh, with the Jinmu blade, and, uh, Jinmu obviously, you know, can play uh, Genji occasionally, and is, is really good. Uh, but there was not a lot of time remaining on the clock because you know there was like a battle of attrition that first point. But after a, a hard push towards point two, they use use their you know momentum and great tank play, and they got actually point three. So it seemed like they started out slow, but after a while, after they'd gotten like point one, they got point two and and when they got to three it felt like the momentum was back with Chengdu so then they go to the next round uh, Birdring uh, still on the Hanzo but this time like gladiators are on attack and Chengdu you know they they still look good but the point is capped towards what is probably the most scrappy second section of King's Row I've ever seen like uh, maybe not ever but in a while and and what happens when the fights go back and forward back and forth well Kefster Kefster happens and he was just a little bit too much in that point and and what happened is something very peculiar once they got like to point two um I think Chengdu had enough of Kefster's shenanigans and Jinmu just switches off to the Torb which we did not see at all uh, during this game uh, between gladiators and hunters, and it actually works. I think like um, that was the the maybe the the switch that helped them to win, and time ran out and they weren't able to push it. And now it's three three, right? The, how classy is that that the grand finals is going like to the last map? Well, uh, the countdown cup final. It's not yet the grand finals. Uh, you, it, this could be the grand finals <laughs> of the countdown cup. I meant. I was going to say it could be it's a grand still, final preview. Labeled as the grand finals of the countdown cup. That's, okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> for for that for that day, it was the grand final. So uh, Havana, right? So you, what, what do you do? You go double snipers, leaving Jinmu. They're just oh, 
Lots of headshots are to be had. Uh, there's one highlight you want to see is is that beginning uh, defense uh, for uh, Havana. Jinmu just hits those crazy headshots and then Leave hits that insane arrow onto like uh, Mercy that flies, uses Guardian Angel. He just flicks it and, and he just hits her head. It's, it's nuts. But still, you know, it's Hanzo, so it sometimes happens even to like uh, lowly players. But in, in Overwatch League, I guess it's, it's, it's a lot of skill and it's also very consistent. And I was gonna say it never happens to me, and I am the well, lowly. You're, you're more of a Junkrat player, anyways, so. This is true. This is, uh, you're better that character for well, sure. Well, my, my projectile hero of choice is Reinhardt. <laughs> when you project yourself off the map. <laughs> <laughs> it works sometimes. Yeah, it does. It does. Worth. That's true. It's about sending a message, really. It's uh, intimidation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look at this, Ryan. just doesn't give a damn. Yeah. So, uh, gladiators, they persevere and they push through. Birdring is also pretty good on the Hanzo, uh, it seemed. And they went into, you know, uh, the distillery and, and then I think it was where space kind of took command. We didn't talk about him a lot and I think it's not really fair to to, to space because he's so good all the time that uh, it really takes something special for me to bring him up because he's so good all the time. But I feel like there he was really adamant to carry his team as he's the leader, right? And finally get some, some winnings. Well, I find, I was going to say with space, like you think of some of the top tier main tanks, the ones that come up are the ones with like those, you know, the, the, the crazy sending a message play styles mm-hmm. where he has space. He's just consistently good, right? Like you, you had said, he's, he's always good and yeah. we don't really talk about him unless it's something back to her. Is that, that's the thing is that's his, that's why yeah. he is so successful. He is just it, it's like Mr. Automatic. Yeah. I think it's, you know, in, in the zone. So I think you calling him main tank, main tank is kind of like a appropriate uh, mistake because even though he's like an off tank, he feels like, no, the main I know tank of the team. Sorry. Yes. No, no, but I, I feel like, like it fits, right? I, I get what, why you'd say that because he's, he's their engine, right? Yeah. So, they they push well. They go through distillery, and then it looks like they're about to cap point three, and they're right at the gates of the castle. And leave makes the like in the King's Row map that crucial switch onto Torb. This time it it, it is uh, leaves time with the cheeky switch. He goes onto the legs and he pops off. He, it works wonders. They just like they get uh, the the picks they need, and the cart is stopped at the gates of the castle. So it looks like there's a win condition for Chengdu. Um, but, you know, gladiators don't look that discouraged on their defense. And they're fighting really well. And they, like, peel off lots of time from, from the clock. Um, but Chengdu finally gets into the distillery, but they have only 10 seconds on the clock. And we've seen that before with maps that are so long, especially with Havana. That time just flies away. Mm-hmm. Um you can you can ask Boston about that when the Titans uh, <laughs> chopped off so much of that clock. Uh, so what happens there? Chengdu, they're starting to gain momentum, though, like uh, once they got into the distillery. Uh, Jinmu's Genji slices through the distillery with ease, and they kept point two. But then, sorry, they were about to cap point two, but just as they were uh, getting closer, the response from the gladiators, especially Shu, 
they have like a double uh, at a point there there was a little bit of an overlap between the M Matrix and the Bongos and they just put out so much damage and Shu just massacres the entire like Chengdu team he gets Jinmu he gets late Young's mech and then he gets Gaga as well and that was like the the play that won them the match so by no means if you missed uh, um this ma- match uh, by no means was it like uh, a one-sided affair even the maps that like each team got there were like a lot of crucial points there where it could have gone the other way and i'm happy that like the gladiators finally not just because of my bracket but i'm also happy that they were finally able to like uh fight against that you know uh reputation they've had that never were uh, good enough to, to do something like that so it was pretty yeah. interesting yeah, you know, the the one thing, and I, we've talked about this in sort of in previous episodes, in more recent times where I brought it, like, I'm not entirely sure I was game with the, the style of the season, simply because you had these extended breaks where, like, again, I'm partial to the Titans and the Defiant, and if uh, those two teams aren't in it, it's just a, a month-long break or more right. based on buys where you're not watching the team you support play. But we got some really top tier entertaining uh, overwatch league action in each of these stage playoffs. I really wish there was a way to somehow capture that more frequently. Um, and I don't know, obviously what uh, <laughs> will happen in the next season. If there is a next season, whenever the next season might be, but um, it was, it was entertaining. Like, can you think of a stage final that wasn't entertaining? Uh, off the top of my head, it's hard to remember. Um, like, yeah, May I, Melee was was phenomenal. Yeah, um, you know, for uh, those Sorry. that uh, showdown was pretty good as well. Yeah. I think a good. lot of it comes to comes down to also the format that the Overwatch League is implemented with the bracket and the losers bracket. So it's really well, hard for now. like the two best teams not to make the final, right? So I think like, I I like the value of the double Elim. I just wonder if there's a way to somehow sort of expand that a little bit more, get more teams involved. That doesn't like in the the big playoffs, you mean? Well, but even, yeah, like, but even then, like it doesn't help the top bottom tier teams. Like if you're a fan of the, the mayhem spitfire Titans, you probably, well, the mayhem you might've seen for a stage, but spitfire and Titans, they would have, they would have never even an expanded stage playoffs would have never been involved right like none of neither of them had a stage that mattered so um but this this sort of result did have some bearing on the final standings uh there were bonus points to be awarded three points for a win two for a second place finish and one for a third place now on the east bracket or the asia bracket didn't matter cheng uh sheng had first locked up and for Chengdu, it was just a matter of where they, they f- the number of points they ended up with. They had second locked. But in the West, there were some playoff implications. Now, mm-hmm. Dallas was the only team guaranteed a spot. They had acquired enough points they were locked in the first. But you had this opportunity for the Gladiators and Rain to, to bounce around a little bit. Um, and uh, suffice to say, they did. The Gladiators, with their three points found themselves go from 11, which would have had them uh, essentially in the play-ins all the way up to second, 
the rain with their bonus point of one, because they finished third, found themselves get into the third spot. So that means Dallas fuel, Los Angeles gladiators and Atlanta rain are now playoff teams mm. leaving the shock outlaws justice defiant eternal and uprising to do play-ins you and jordan will get into it uh, in uh, the yeah. next episode um but simply put washington picks of the two teams paris or boston who they want to play toronto gets the leftover the winner of those two matches then gets to gets picked by either san francisco to play and then houston gets the leftover and then the winner of those two matches go on to uh, some some further yeah. playoff. So it's uh, like fun. last year, if I recall correctly. Yeah, kind of. A, um, similar a little bit. Yeah, like last year, pretty much everyone got in. And you had like the, the toilet bowl between, uh, yeah. um, was it the Titans and Uprising that I think the Titans won? I the Titans won. think so. And then the Titans ran into the the juggernaut that was Washington Justice. Yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, with uh, decay out of nowhere, just destroying everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, yeah, again, you and you and Jordan will get into it next next week. Mm-hmm. Preview uh, what's going to happen and uh, who you might have uh, going into uh, the the playoffs themselves. Uh, what else has been going on in the league? Uh, not a whole lot, save for one very notable adjustment. Um, Nick D no longer with the Hangzhou spark. You might be like, Whoa, wait a minute. Hangzhou still has matches or a match to play. That is true. Uh, but, uh, serious, um, situation, uh, that he found himself in by his own creation where he made some very, I don't know how to describe it any other way, racist statements, uh, about, uh, people of of Chinese descent. Xenophobia, I guess. Yeah, xenophobia would probably be the the best way to have described it. Yeah, um, but he, uh, like, I, I've I've watched and listened, and then I've read the translation, and I like the tone alone. Sort of gives me pause to consider what he was saying. Cannot be mis- misconstrued. Yeah, and so the Hangzhou Spark have terminated him. I mean, think about it. Hangzhou is a, a, a China-based team first and foremost, but that doesn't that doesn't excuse anything. Right, racism has no place. Yeah, it, it's not in society. It doesn't matter. Like if it were, you know, a Chinese player hateful in the same manner towards a Korean or a Western player, it doesn't matter. I'd expect the same reaction from any franchise. Don't doesn't matter where it is located, really. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And so, um, Hangzhou did what I felt was the, the right thing, um, in, in letting him go. Uh, does it have significant impact on their team's performance? Eh. They have coldest still. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's not, you know, you consider it's not ideal. I'm sure the team would have preferred not to have put and put in the situation, but they acted appropriately in dealing with the player. So, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, um, beyond that, there's not a whole lot else going on. We have a weekend off. Um, I forgot about I Pickums. Come on. Oh, I've been waiting the entire goodness. episode to talk about it. Well, I, I figured Pickums was over. Isn't it uh, over? Is it still going on? Of course. I'm... Okay, fine, fine, fine. So countdown cup. <laughs> Who finished first? Uh, me with 92 points. Hell yeah. Uh, you held on to your lead. Um, 
unfortunately I had a bad weekend and uh, I did not even make a, a make an impact. Before. Uh, I, you know, I got out of the gate quick. Like if you recall in the May melee and June joust, I was just like, I was omniscient. Yeah, that's true. And then like the heat arrived in the summer and my brain went to mush. And since then summer showdown and countdown cup have not been kind to me. I also forgot to lock in choices too. So that didn't help. Happened to me too. Uh, I know, but now if we look at the entire season cumulatively, uh, 369 points is your tally mm-hmm. for first place in uh, the Overwatch League pick'em. So the playoffs have pick'ems too. Sure. This could change. You do have a comfortable lead against KOJ 357 and Kevin Lewis at 354. Um, but the three of you have a sort of a distinct uh, step up over Danimal 19th, 332. Uh, Sir Dr. JM, 321. Um, and then from there it goes down. I'm holding on to the eight spot. One behind Altiron, who's in seven. Um, and then let's see, where's Sam? Sam, Sam is not the... He's actually, yeah, he's not, and I'm sure he's actually making the picks every time. He's never missing anyone, every, right? I'm, every I'm oh yeah, totally, totally. In it's fact, totally he already same. has them locked up for the playoffs. Soul, 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 soul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he wants Ryu Jahong to win the championship before he's done. Yeah, that's totally it. Um, and Sam, being that he is a hater of Toronto, is probably you know picking the defiant to get bounced right away because you know Sam. <laughs> Yeah, well, the reasons why we had to cut him from the show. Them too. Yeah, that's why we had to cut him. Just he's a hater of Toronto, known, proven, fact. But there you go. You got your pickings. I had okay. I had it in the notes, and I had the tab up. I just I had moved on. I officially won two of the stages. Now you did quite happy. But it doesn't matter if someone beats you for the entire. Uh, let's, let's uh, just you know enjoy the moment. Year. Come on. Okay, okay, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> uh, as we let off the show, uh, Sir Doctor Jam, host of the One Man Watchpoint, he is going to be filling in for me next week and the week after that. Uh, so he'll be sliding into the uh, the chair here. You and uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have a great time. Probably going to be some of the most informative Overwatch coverage ever. Oh, about time, right? Like. <laughs> I mean, that's what our, our, all of our, uh, our listeners have been waiting for, for however long. All I am is just a, How many, like, just a voice. Hundreds of episodes. Well, not a hundreds, but a singular hundred. Yeah. Um, and apologies to Chris, the other host of the uh, CA Overwatch podcast. Uh, you'd think I'd remember Chris's name, considering my name's Chris. But in fairness, he's Chris with a KR and I'm Chris with a CHR. So mm. maybe it's, maybe that's it. But uh, Chris and Spencer uh, produce uh, some phenomenal content. They, they cover the Defiant as well as the Toronto Ultra. Um, they're known as CAE Sports, but you can find them on, on Twitter at uh, CA Overwatch. Um, and then they're, uh, they produce uh, YouTube videos. I mean, that's essentially their podcast. So good, good content. Tubecast. You know, we would do YouTube too if I had the time and the you know experience to actually do video. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I, I, you know, I growing up all along, I was told that I had a voice for radio, and I simply presumed that meant no face for TV. Well, I have a voice for a newspaper, but we're still doing this podcast, so. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. 
Oh man, this season has been a long. Has it felt long to you? A little bit, yeah. I, I'd say not because of Overwatch League itself, but with everything that surrounds it, yeah, it's probably feeling a bit more. You know, I think press because you know the the Activision news and and COVID and all that. Yeah, I mean the pandemic hasn't been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things are are starting to tighten up here again. Uh, we're we're going to be introducing a vaccine passport. Yep, that'll provide you access to services that are not deemed essential. Uh, masks, they're back on in all indoor public spaces um, as we try to get a hold of uh, increasing cases. I had hoped uh, that uh, we were sort of out of it, but uh, now fourth wave. So that that also holds us down. And then you had mentioned everything going on with Activision Blizzard. Where that's the tiring part. Like I, you know, if in Ready Supone Discord, um, uh, this had come up, uh, and Sam has sort of talked about how with everything sort of that had been going on, you know, Lee, he just he didn't really feel as as invested in in providing sort of um, like promotion. And it wasn't so much the league. It was more on, on specifically the Titans. Mm-hmm. And I'd be lying if I were to say that there have been times where the Vancouver Titans have just sort of made this as unappealing as possible. And had it not been us, you know, talking about the Define and being more invested in our, uh, our, our team to the East that I might've simply said, ah, you know what? I'm done. So it, it it is tough. I'm hoping for for better times, and yet here we are. You and I still wondering if next season will actually have a season <laughs> hmm. for all sorts of other reasons, which we've kind of touched on. But yeah, yeah. Oh man. Anywho, we're still here. The website's down. The podcast is still going, and you'll have two phenomenal episodes with Sir Doctor Jam and Ani. So look forward to that. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, if you're looking for the podcast, racehitpone.com is normally where you can go to find out all sorts of information. If you go there right now, as I said, it might say the cake is a lie. And if that's the case, that's just because I'm still trying to figure things out. Um, I hope to have something there by weekend. That's not to suggest canceling the episode. It's just not going to be published on the website. Uh, it'll go live through your normal podcast applications. If you want to get in touch with us, Twitter at racehitpone or in Discord, readysetpone, or is found at discord.io slash racehitpone, sorry. You can find Omni and I obviously on Twitter. I'm at light four C's at Omni strife, but uh, y'all already know that. Cause I lead that off at the start of the show. But uh, what final words of wisdom do you have for everyone there? Uh, Omni? I'm just wondering like LA is such a huge market. I wonder why there's only one owl team there. Oh, that's, that's low hanging fruit. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems natural to me. They're dirty. Be at least one more. Hmm. 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 Well, hey, uh, Ani. Yeah. Why are giraffes so slow to apologize? Hmm. I don't know. Because it takes them a long time to swallow their pride. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How how are we gonna get by without these at the end, like next week and the one after that? I, I'm not sure. I don't know, but here I'll get, I'll leave a bonus one then. What do you call a zoo that only has giraffes in it? 
how how do you call it? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, what do you get when you cross a giraffe and a pig? Yeah. What What is it? Bacon and legs. Bacon and legs. Mm. I don't know if that's a good, that's like, that's probably the, my least favorite out of the three. Okay. I'm so sorry. Because so like sorry. He, when you think of a giraffe, it's not like the, the legs, probably it's the neck first. Hmm. Well, what do you get when two giraffes collide? <laughs> what do you get? A giraffic jam. Okay. That's, I think that's enough. It's still better than one with the bacon and legs, but you, you, okay. First of all, I had one and then you were like, oh man, we're going to miss out on this. You're the enabler. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll bring my dad joke game to the next episode too. Yeah. Well, some, if, if, if I'm not here, it'll be reliant yeah, on if you. We get our, uh, our first star off. review because of that. It's your fault. Yeah. I'll take the blame. <laughs> I totally will. In fact, we might get a one star review between now and then. Hmm. That's true. I know. We haven't gotten a review in a long time. Last one, I think, was from Sam, too. Hmm. Hmm. Not surprising. Just saying, not saying. Um, but uh, on behalf of Omni at Omni Strafe, myself, Chris at Life Force, going to sign off this episode. Catchphrase! Thank you.